welcome to Crypto Nights, where we help you finally make sense of the trending world of cryptocurrencies. So gather your virtual piggy bank and let's get started. Welcome to the next episode of Crypto Nights, where the best minds bridge the crypto divide. I'm your host, Kant Miriala. Here is a disclaimer for you, our loyal friends. These episodes, these interviews are purely for educational purposes and only for educational purposes. Just because we are interviewing these brilliant founders of exciting startups doesn't automatically mean that we are soliciting or endorsing their investment opportunities. You do so at your sole discretion. You assume all the risk. We suggest you do your own due diligence. We are not financial advisors and tokens are highly risky investments. You could lose all of your invested money. With that, let's move on to something more exciting. Martin Wickman. Martin Wickman is a guest speaker of this episode, which is super exciting. For those of you that love disruptions, this is one of them. Martin is an entrepreneur and a blockchain enthusiast located in Finland, guys. First time we have had somebody from Finland. Martin has started and worked at several startup companies and is currently focusing all his energies on blockchain technology. He has a business background and has experience in sales, e-commerce, marketing, and starting companies. He also has a deep understanding of blockchain space and current state of the ICO market. He's a starting member of the team that is leading Athland and making it happen. It's an exciting startup that's planning its own ICO soon. Without further ado, here is Martin Wickman. Hi, Martin. How are you? Hey, good to be here. Thank you for Thank having me. You're welcome. We're very, very excited to talk today about you, your team, and Athland. Why don't we start off by you telling me the backstory uh, about Athland? What is it? How did you come about the idea? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we're basically a global team of approximately 20 people in the core team all over the world. We have some people here in Finland, Paris, France, uh, Australia, Germany. So it's a mixed group of people. Uh, our founder, Stani Kulechov, who is also from Finland, same as me, he basically came up with the idea after researching uh, differences in interest rates all around the world and noticing that there's, there's definitely a differences and some markets are more unfair than others and you know blockchain technology has been in the news a lot and this this kind of created the light bulb moment for Stani uh, putting blockchain together with this uh, lending markets and realizing that with the help of blockchain technology uh, we can actually create a global market where where the interest rates are fair for everyone so this was the fundamental idea behind Edland. And after that, we've been, you know, building on top of that and yeah, growing. Place. So my question is, what do you mean by interest rates? Are these for business loans or are these for personal loans? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's peer-to-peer -peer lending, so it's person-to-person. -person. And this will be our early adapters and probably the marketplace we're going for first and what i mean by you know unfair interest rates is the fact that here in developing countries let's say for example finland our basic interest rate is around a couple of percentile points one two maybe three percentage and if you go to let's say brazil or any other you know developing country 
we're talking about 20 to 30 percent interest rates on basic loans so yeah with the help of uh, Etland we hopefully can create this global market marketplace and bring these interest rates to a standard level but yeah we we also see a a lot of utility for Etland being used for corporate loans or you know funding an ICO project funding another startup project this is totally possible but before we actually have enough users and enough people borrowing tokens on the platform then then it becomes or it is a liquidity problem but when we grow bigger then basically any kind of loan is possible okay so let me understand this so let's say there is uh, joe and paul well actually let's use larry larry the lender and brian the borrower okay so larry wants to lend some money and he uses ethereum and to lend that and what your software will do is it will figure out how to maybe divide the money 10 ethereum into 10 different loans so that he yeah muted. Uh, is that what you are you are you reducing the risk for larry the lender I, I think we should approach it maybe from the point of view of the barrier, the borrower. So okay. when a person wants to borrow any kind of ERC-20 token, any Ethereum token, he can basically issue a loan request on our platform. And then we'll have barrier, the borrower, borrower, and hopefully many other borrowers as well that see this loan. And then again, they can fund this loan. Uh, when it comes to the risk of the loan, that depends on what the person uh, issuing the loan request is using as collateral. So there will, of course, be collateral involved in this, and this will determine the risk of the loan as well. Okay. Are you only going to do collateralized loans, or will there also be non-collateralized personal loans? Yes, since it's decentralized and everything is happening on Ethereum smart contracts, we, of course, need the collateral. And, but this is where we're basically creating different collaterals to be used. So any, any ERC-20 token is suitable to be used as collateral on the Ethereum smart contracts. But on top of that, we're, of course, creating our own token through the ICO, so LEND. Lend token can also be used on the platform, and here you will get the 25% discount on the inter- or the network fees. So it's more profitable, or it's better to use Lend. It's cheaper to use Lend as collateral than any other ERC20 token. And on top of that, we are also working on uh, figuring out how can we use. Uh, Ethereum name servers, so Ethereum domains as collateral as well. So if the, those become uh, more used in the general sp- meaning of the word, then I I think those could be also used as collateral and those will actually have some value for the people who own them. So yeah, that's one way. And one interesting aspect we're, we've been thinking of procrastinating about a lot is uh, creating this reputation system on the on our platform and here we're basically creating another token called CRE Uh, so that would be your credit token or credibility token and CRE can be used as collateral as well so when you do successful loans or you 
you borrow in a successful manner or you lend in a successful manner, successful manner, then you will receive a credit token. And this, again, basically after the platform's been live for a longer period of time, these credit tokens will work as your you know, reputation on the blockchain or on the platform. So what, what I'm understanding is in your answer, you are talking about collateral being ERC-20 token, which means, let's say I am Barry the borrower and I come to you and I say, hey, I want to borrow, I don't know, 10 Bitcoins or 10 or 100 Ethereum, 100, 100 Ethers. So what should I show you as collateral? Yeah, you can basically use any ERC-20 token. So any meta token that's being launched on top of the Ethereum blockchain, there's a bunch of those. Uh, yeah, any ERC-20 token. So the idea is basically that if you have tokens that you are not currently using or if you want to leverage them, uh, you can switch them to any other ERC-20 token. You can request whatever token you want and you can put any ERC-20 token as collateral as well. But my challenge is, uh, Barry, the borrower, if he already is showing you 100 ethers, he already has them, why will he borrow 100 ethers from you? Why should he? I mean, how can he show you ERC tokens as collateral to borrow ERC tokens, or am I missing something? Yeah, uh, first of all, in the beginning, there will probably be a markup. So you're issuing more tokens as collateral than you're actually getting in advance. Then when the market place starts you know growing and developing it might be that you don't need as much collateral to get a, a loan uh, financed on the platform that totally depends on the you know free market mechanism mechanics in the play and also the fact that it's decentralized so yeah we're not controlling that if there's a a single barry that wants to borrow 100 ether and he's putting one augur token as collateral most likely there's not going to be a single person financing this loan. So that's a problem. And the other useful cases, of course, because you said if I borrow 100 either and get the equal amount of Augur tokens, what am I winning there? Well, if you're using the Lend token, our own native token on the platform, then you will be winning because you are getting a discount on the network fees. Also, if you can create a reputation and being a reputable borrower on the platform, this will also give you the possibility of getting finance and getting loans for a smaller collateral. And also if you're a business and you're using your Ethereum domain name, then you can use this as collateral as well. So putting in these different uh, ways of using or different, uh, different uh, valuable assets that can be used as collateral, uh, we can, you know, work around this issue that you mentioned okay so i can come up i can think of two use cases where barry the borrower would like to borrow one use case is maybe he has an equivalent amount of augur tokens that are equal in value to 100 ether for example but he does not want to sell his augur and he still needs some ethers to do something else so he would like to take the risk of showing his auger as a collateral and and borrow some ethers to do some work and hopefully he gets his money back returns the loan everything is fine and he is 
maybe he's expecting his all good investment to go up in value. So I can see sure. that one use case. Yeah. The second yeah, use no. case, yeah. the second use yeah, case let- I see is him looking at uh, your tokens, the Lend tokens and saying, oh, I should buy some of these Lend tokens because uh, I need 100 Ethers, but for 75 Ethers of value, I'm able to get a loan of 100 Ethers. So I'm getting a little bit more so that I'm getting a 25% more in loan than what I'm putting up as collateral. That is the second use case. Am I understanding this properly? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the first use case being summarized as, you know, trading. So yeah, you can definitely use the Ethland for trading. So let's say uh, Ethereum takes a huge, you know, dump in price. You have other ERC20 tokens, you can put them as collateral, or you can put Ethereum as collateral. And you can get more Ethereum, and when the price goes up, you're making a profit. Then you just, you know, refill the smart contract, pay back the borrowers. And yeah, it can definitely be used in a way for margin trading. And the other use case you were basically referring to was, you know, buying Lend token. So yeah, most definitely using Lend token on the platform is useful and will give you the discounts on the network fees and this, this, this is how we're trying to encourage people to use our own token on the platform. So you are increasing the utility value of land tokens by giving them an incentive to use them for borrowing. Yeah, incentive to use land as collateral. And also, not only to use land, we also want to give people a reason to you know, own land and hold land. And this is why we're creating a buyback model where we're issuing 5 to 10% of our, you know, network fees that we're getting to buy back lend tokens and after that burn them of course so we're cutting at the total supply and therefore every single individual who holds lend tokens their stake compared to the total supply will increase therefore the value of the token will increase so it will create an appreciating value for the token very good, very good. Smart idea. So you're kind of controlling the supply and reducing it over time to increase the value as demand increases. Good yeah, <clears throat> yeah so, and also creating creating a benefit for using Lend token instead of another ERC20 token. So let me kind of break down the value as I understand it. So the borrowers are borrowing because they they want to use the trading use case or... They, they want to use the discount of Lend tokens to get a little bit more loan than the assets they have. So those are two use cases. And then the other value that I see is you guys are looking at, wow, uh, this can be a utilitarian value. So it's almost like the gasoline that makes this whole lending network operate. So that's the transaction fees or percentages that you charge is another one. And finally, yeah. You by controlling the supply and reducing the supply over time by a five percent allocation to buyback over time. So you're controlling. So there are multiple ways in which this could be a potentially very valuable uh, business and a token. Yeah, we put a lot of effort into the thinking about the functionality of token and how to actually make it useful. Because we, if you look at the majority of the ICOs in the ICO space currently, they are raising enormous amounts of funds without basically any product or service. So it's only a white paper, and based on that, they're raising way too much capital. Uh, so we wanted to have a different approach in the sense that, first of all, we wanted to 
do an ICO where the token actually has a function, not only to raise funds for development, which is, of course, our main focus is developing a platform and making it useful for our users, but also to have the token have some function so that it would be used. And also the appreciating aspect is important so that people don't just, you know, dump the tokens after the token sale. And we, compared with majority of other ICOs, we actually have a working product. So our Etlen platform is accessible through a Chrome browser. You just need a MetaMask plugin to access the Ethereum network. We're also running a testnet currently. And we actually already uh, funded our first loan outside of our you know, own ecosystem, a completely, completely you know, unknown person borrowing a couple of Ethers and the payback payback was also successful so it's definitely interesting to see people already testing out the platform we've also had a lot of requests for you know bigger use cases can i take a loan for a traditional project and fund it this way but in the early stages you know having a loan for five years for x amount of euros it's not reasonable or doable at this point, but I'm really looking forward to uh, all the different use cases that this platform will be and can be used for. So one one example that we've been thinking about ourselves is uh, ICOs. So a challenge that we've been running at or facing doing our own ICO has been uh, definitely the fact that almost all type of marketing uh, this you know, promotion, this all costs at least a little bit of money. So when we're, you know, 20 people, young entrepreneurial blockchain enthusiasts, our whole marketing is being guerrilla style. And we've been fortunate in the sense that we've been negotiating with these uh, listing sites, news sites, uh, blog bloggers, and all these, you know, platforms and people. We've been negotiating with them and most of them are okay with, taking the post pre-ICO payments, you know, getting the actual LEND token after the sale. But for some people, this is not okay. And this closes some of the doors and marketing opportunities that would otherwise be available for us. This is also the reason why we're breaking into pre-ICO and ICO to get some funding to make the last mark or the final marketing push before the big ICO. But in the future, if you have this... Uh, Etland platform and people can, you know, raise a little bit of kind of like pre-ICO money through the platform with the promise that I will, you know, pay you back in <clears throat> one or two months after the actual ICO. So yeah, this is also one use case that this can be used for. Okay, this is a very, very exciting use case because I run into it all the time, Martin, because people are coming to me and saying, well, I want to raise money using an ICO, but to raise the ICO, I need money. So it's almost an egg problem. So I need money to raise money and I don't have the money. That's why I'm going an ICO in the first place. And ICOs are not cheap. It's about $50,000 on the low end to $300,000 on the high end. That's at least that's the kind of numbers I'm hearing. And many of the founders don't have that kind of money. So what you're saying is another very exciting use case in the future could be an ICO could come up here and and say, okay, we're going to uh, borrow some money and uh, and then do the ICO and give you back the money or give you some tokens, one of the two. 
Uh, yeah, this is definitely it. Uh, currently, we've been you know, thinking about this option of issuing uh, the ICO tokens as collateral. But since they don't actually have a market value before the project launches, then they, this creates some challenges. But in the future, this could be possible. Also, uh, another use case that we've been thinking about, or actually it's more like a feature, is uh, market-pegged loans. So basically what this means is that uh, when someone is borrowing 10 Ether, they might not be... Depends, of course, on the use case. It might be that he's speculating on the price of Ether, but if you actually have a use case, let's say a business, or you have some operational cost, you have to pay employee salaries, something, you know, more tangible, then, you know, borrowers, maybe not even lenders, you know, people don't want to be liable for the price volatility. So it doesn't matter which token we're talking about there, or they are all very volatile. So these 10 or 20% red Mondays that we've been having lately, if, if you're borrowing the funds, you might want to hedge against uh, something like this. So yeah, this is why we're introducing those or trying thinking about introducing the market peg loans uh, somewhere in the future. And this would basically mean that even though you're borrowing Ether, uh, you would peg the loan price to a US dollar price or Euro price or any other fiat currency. So this is something to consider as well, a way to hedge against price volatility. Okay, so it could be that the value, the underlying value on which the loan is made is not a cryptocurrency, but it could be an underlying fiat currency. And maybe you will even give the option of the lender and the borrower to set what is the base currency. Yeah, definitely. Or what, what, is the, what is the currency that the price of the loan will be pegged against? So, yeah. Oh, that's a very interesting variable, Martin. I did not think about that. So sure, I like and from a, yeah, and from a trading point of view, just like to mention that this is also a way to go short on those, you know, whatever asset you want to go short on. ERC twenty token, of course, you know. Okay, very exciting. The ICO use case is very exciting, and this uh, fiat versus cryptocurrency as a baseline is also very exciting. Yeah. Okay, so this is all wonderful. So. Uh, I have understood that, that summarizing some of the thoughts, you have a working product and it is actually operating right now and an, a loan has been funded by an unknown person to an unknown person and has been repaid. So at least the, the proof of concept is pretty much there. Yeah, and there's been a lot of Rick. If somebody wanted to go and check that uh, initial working product out, where do they go to market? Yeah, you can go to edland.io, which will redirect you to about.edland.io, which is our homepage. And from there, in the upper corner, you can go to go to edland, which will then direct you directly to the platform. So yeah, so that's www.edland.io. And then yeah, go you to will find, yeah, you will find it there on the homepage. Definitely. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I just wanted to make sure that our audience is able to go and check this out. So this is very exciting. So um, so I understand that you already have a working product and you're, you're using a blockchain that is not only a token for raising money for you, but it is actually a utilitarian token for the loans themselves, as you explained. So now let us get on to the next one. What is your 
timeline for your pre-token sale and your token sale and how much are you planning to raise? Can you get into those kinds of things? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So our pre-ICO, the reason why we decided to do it in two phases is the fact that, like I already said, we're a team of young entrepreneurial blockchain enthusiasts. So we don't have the funds available yet to do the last marketing push. So this is why we structure it into a pre-ICO and an ICO. This will give us a little bit more time to prepare for the big ICO. And yeah, so the pre-ICO will start the 25th of September. So this month in two weeks, we'll be having the pre-ICO and here we'll be raising 2000 uh, eaters. So that would be approximately equal 60 million lend tokens which is a six percent of our total supply and the price will be uh, 30,000 lend tokens per one eater and that includes a 20 percent bonus for the early adapters and early investors so yeah that will be starting 25th of november and the actual ico uh, will be starting uh, 25th of november so that will be two months after the pre-ICO. And there we'll be raising 37,600 ether. And that is basically the rest of the all of the ether we're raising. And yeah, we're issuing the rest of the 1 billion tokens uh, for the investors. And during this, uh, yeah, 1 billion minus, of course, the pre-ICO token. So those will be deducted from that supply. And for the 200 million first tokens for oh sorry let me take that again you can edit this out for the first yeah for the first investors uh the first 200 million tokens of the 1 billion will have a 10 percent bonus on it in it for the earliest investors in the ico and the second after 200 million the next 100 million will also have a one percent bonus on top of that and after that the rest the rest will be sold at the fixed price of one ether equaling equaling 25,000 lend tokens. So that's the base price if you don't consider all those bonuses for pre-ICO and the first 300 million tokens. Okay, let me just summarize them so I, we can make sure I understood that. 25th September is your pre-ICO, which you want to get some money so that you can push for the uh, extra bit of marketing. And that will be 2,000 ethers or 6% of your total pool. And one LEND token will be 30, uh, rather one ether would be 30,000 LEND tokens at a 20% discount. And then that'll, yeah. how long will the pre-ICO? Is it one week, two weeks? Uh, the pre-ICO is a total of one month. So 25th of September to 25th of October. Of course, it closes as soon as we raise the funds and... So yeah, hopefully we won't have to go until October or at least 25th of October. And this is run all done through a smart contract. So basically when you send the ether to the smart contract address, the smart contract will send you the LEND tokens back. Uh, there might We're still figuring out if there might be that we issue all the tokens during the pre-ICO, the pre-ICO tokens and people get their LEND token, or it might be that we lock the smart contract down until the actual ICO so that everyone will get the tokens during the actual ICO. 
then of course the question is uh, which exchanges will list our token so we can actually create a marketplace for people to also trade this token okay obviously the exchanges will be known down the road yeah yeah and we're already approached a few of them and we're approaching the rest of them as well at least those ones that we prefer and i have very much confidence in the fact that we'll we'll get listed on a decent exchange so yeah okay so the reason yeah. people should buy i'm trying to understand all the reasons suppose i'm an investor Ian the yeah. investor okay let's give him a name Ian the investor should invest in this whole process because number 1 in the pre ico he's getting a discount number 2 in the long run the tokens will be used even in the process of loans and and number 3 the overall uh float or whatever number of tokens are out there will reduce over time because of the buyback Yeah precisely that that's great summary. So okay. that is pretty much all the benefits uh, if you want to participate in the pre ICO or be the first one in the ICO yes you will have the small discounts that's definitely beneficial but in the long term we're still looking forward to creating a platform that will actually be used so the token will also be used which will increase the demand for it and then of course the buybacks will create the appreciating value for long term investors so overall i think we have the functionality of the token locked down pretty well and we're going to keep on developing on top of this concept can you talk about the team members uh, martin so do you have yeah. i know you mentioned you have young people but do you have any experienced members maybe who have already done a company or a startup successfully before or For sure or all of yeah. the first yeah yeah so the the founder is also a young entrepreneurial dude studying law uh, me personally i have a business background as well then there's a couple of other young business minded people we have some technical people as well doing the solidity coding for the smart contracts and on top of that we have some legal advisors or experts in the team uh, but yeah uh, some of the team members for sure are more senior so we do have some actual core team members with some business background and some actual uh, real life experience and on top of that we just announced last week that Dr Wolf Kahl uh, will be joining us or as a uh, senior advisor for our project and there he's a phd and a researcher and an economist so he will definitely bring some knowledge and some experience to the table and we have some other uh, senior advisors that will be announcing in the before you know in the upcoming weeks so definitely yeah we're recruiting some uh, more uh, experienced people that have an actual business ground background and so yeah how many more maybe yeah, yeah so more maybe in the yeah no problem uh, these uh, senior advisors might be more in the educational hemisphere phd people that have a that have a how do you say it, uh, a background in well you can edit this out that makes no sense i'm looking for a word that i'm blacking out i think you're using the word credibility i think that's what you're looking for yeah and also like a professor type of background how do you say that 
academicians academics yeah 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 so yeah let's take it again so yeah majority of our senior advisors that will be announcing in the upcoming weeks they do have a academic background so there's a couple of phds uh, and so we're looking for people with past experience and credibility in this space and economics so yeah Oh, that is very good. How many founders do you guys have? You are one of the founders, I understand. Who are the others? Yeah, I would probably say that the founder is Stani Kulechov. I was, uh, I got involved very early on, so it was Stani and a couple of coders. But yeah, he's the founder, and the rest of us would be probably be then co-founders. But I would put the the credit to him in this case, because it was his idea that initiated the project and he took the first steps. But after that, of course, it's been a group effort and we have a excellent, excellent team, a uh, group of people, some a bit more experienced, older, some younger and more enthusiastic. And of course, uh, what I like the most about our team is that everyone is very committed to the project. This is also why we created a Westing model. So, on top of that, one billion will be issuing 300 million tokens for the team. So this is how we're the team and the developers and everyone is getting paid in Lend token as well. But we're locking it down for the next two years. So we'll have a vesting model and these tokens that we issued for team members and all the participants, they will be paid during a two-year period of time in four or five you know, quantities. So this is a way, yeah, this is a way for us to make sure that all the people involved in the project are committed and everyone is, you know, staying for the foreseeable future at least. I'm so glad you're doing a very clean ICO because I'm so glad you mentioned this. I did not even ask this question, but I'm glad to hear that there's a lockdown of two years. That means... Yeah. You're not looking for people who are making a quick buck and getting out, but they're going to stay committed for two years and they have to make sure that the price of the token is pretty high by the end of those two years if they want to benefit from the sweat equity that they put in. For sure. And also the thing is that everyone seems to be very excited about the project and the concept and the kind of the vision behind this platform. So yeah, we're super excited moving forward with the ICOs and, you know, launching actually launching the product and getting all the marketing and everything going so a lot of plans going in the u.s in the u.s the term founder is very important that's why i'm harping on that so in your official titles uh, on your website when you show the team who will be the people that will have the founder or co-founder title under their name that's a good question i i don't think we've actually discussed uh you know, the who's the founder and who's the co-founder and who's the co-co-founder aspect yet. we Everyone has their job titles and we're, you know, dividing work, work equally. You know, if someone is busy with their workload and someone else will hop in and support that person. And also, of course, we're dividing work, you know, uh, according to someone's job title, rep- responsibilities and also, you know, skill set. That is fantastic. Well, I certainly wish you the very, very best. It has been very illuminating. You were very clear on the various aspects of the token sale. Yeah, the thing is that... Yeah, sorry for interrupting. But the thing is that there's so many ICOs popping up currently. And 
most of them have pretty complicated or intensive explanations of what they're doing. The visions might be a bit out of the ballpark with some projects, but we're we're taking a bit of different approach. We want to be as transparent as possible. Also, we actually want to have the product up and running, create the product, or we actually already have it, but we actually you know, want to continue developing the platform and getting people to use the platform. So yeah, these are these are very important values for us. Also, decentralization. Uh, we once you issue the loan and the smart contract is locked in, we we can't you know go in and change the parameters of the contract or you know break the contract or anything. That is uh, that is that has both its pros and cons. You know, decentralization in the blockchain space, it's definitely a good thing. And that's probably what everyone is going for on an ideological level. But on a practical level, on the other hand, if we have a smart contract in the future that is locked down for two years and after the first week, you can clearly see that there's no intention of paying paying back the money and someone is just buying Ferraris, then we also we have to have some kind of way of, you know, releasing the remaining funds maybe releasing the collateral so this is this is also something that we've been looking into and you know discussing the use of oracles and intermediaries but that that again goes against the centralist the decentralization aspect so there might be that we might do a decentralized peer-to-peer platform and on top of that a separate kind of more a business uh, loan type of framework where you'll have the KYC compliance and it's more centralized in the change that there will be some kind of third party mitigator that can, in case of emergency, you know, act on behalf of the parties. Very interesting. So you, there might be a combination. It might be a... Um, yeah, because some some of the aspects that we've discussed so far, uh, they all have their pros and cons. You know, some aspects are good for peer-to-peer loans, but create challenges if you want to do a bigger loan for a company. KYC being <laughs> the first one that comes to mind, and vice versa. There are some challenges in you know being too centralized in this blockchain space, so people do value decentralization. And this is what we also think is very important for us. Wonderful. Thank you, Martin. I appreciate your time and uh, it's been illuminating. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, anyone interested in the uh, project, please go check it on etland.io. You'll find all the related information, all the links to our social media, up timeline of upcoming you know, announcements and stuff. So definitely go check it out. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It was a, it was very nice of you to have me. Thank you very much. And I wish you a very successful ICO and a very successful company beyond that. Thank you. All the best to you. Thanks for listening to the Crypto Nights. Never miss an episode. Subscribe now at www.cryptonights.io.